I gotta feed the streets, my pistol gon' bleed the streets Ski mask on my face, sometimes you gotta cheat To stay ahead in this bitch, ah Drink surf like it's liquor Street life, I have you catching up to God quicker Stick AK-40 to your lip, ah Let the chopper bang on you like a blood or a crip, ah Flip, ah, so much bread, I'm a gymnast Made so much money off the dumbest, off the dumbest Yeah, gang I'm Mr. Body Catcher, Slaughter Gang Soul Snatcher, Ain't no regular F-150, this a fucking rapper. What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Wizards Gallery Place Podcast. Brennan and Damo back on the show, and it is our official preseason pod, or all the end of our preseason pod, I should say, because we are now transitioning over to the regular season. It is Tuesday night, which is opening night in the NBA. Tonight we have Sixers-Celtics. And then Warriors, Lakers as well. So definitely excited for that. The Wizards will have their first game tomorrow on Wednesday uh, against the Indiana Pacers in Indianapolis. So um, we're going to go over the first few games, some conference finals predictions, NBA finals predictions like we did last year. I don't think we did MVP, Coach of the Year, or Rookie of the Year last year, but we're going to add that to our predictions as well. Also going to bring back our weekly pick segment. Uh, going to continue our Eastern Conference opponent previews with the first few teams we're going to face. So definitely a lot to cover today, but I'm definitely excited. But it's it's I'm going to try and, and be positive now because I've I've had the the negative off season. Everyone pretty much knows where um, I think you and I stand with the team at this point. And thanks to everyone who turned in or tuned into our Twitter space the other day for the preseason finale definitely not a lot of fun stuff to go over but a conversation that we felt like needed to be had but nonetheless we're on to the regular season now where of course opening nights um for us we're going to want them to win by 20 points as well as the the rest of their games because damn it we want to see winning basketball in dc we don't we don't want them to be bad um but first uh how are you feeling in general about this NBA season about everything, about any players coming back from injury, um, any teams that you think may surprise this year. Uh, what, what are you thinking about the season in general? Man, this is honestly, man, this is probably the most excited I've been about an NBA season just because I think it's it's parity around the league. Like, I don't think anybody is any any one team is a shoe in to win the championship. Obviously, the Warriors are probably the favorites because, you know, they just they just won. Um, But I don't think they're like vastly more talented than, you know, uh, the the Grizzlies or the the Suns or the Clippers, the Celtics. I mean, it's, it's a lot of really good teams this year. Um, and I'm I'm just curious to see who's who's gonna who's gonna kind of separate themselves and come out on top. Um, you know, the Pelicans are like with Zion coming back, man. That that's an All NBA player to me. They're getting back, um, yeah. adding a CJ and and uh, Brandon Ingram. Like they could be really really good. I, I was there for their their series in uh, against the Suns, man. Um, in New Orleans, and it was the atmosphere and just how they competed on the defensive end, man. Like, they have a chance to be really, really good. Uh, like, if they were a top four seed, it would not, it wouldn't shock me. So, it's just you know, kind of storylines like that. I, I like, I like seeing like underdogs, you know, orgs that kind of have been bottom barrel kind of finally get it together. Uh, the Timberwolves, even they finally made a trade that you know, kind of. Jolt can jolt them a little bit. Um, shoot, the Kings might have might have drafted the rookie of the year when you know they've been one of the worst drafting teams in all of sports. Uh, you know, so it, it, it's it seemed like it's starting to be kind of like a change of guard. You know, some of these bottom barrel teams are really starting to kind of figure it out. Yeah, definitely. And, and we're going to start off with one of those um, bottom feeder teams, as we mentioned, that the, the Pacers are going to be the our first game of the season. And they're one of those teams that's uh, supposedly going to be hanging around the bottom of the Eastern Conference. But I'll tell you what, I think that they have uh, a decent team um, surrounding them, just going over their 
projected starters real quick. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton, Buddy Heald, Chris Duarte, uh, Jalen Smith, and Miles Turner. So, I mean, the, pretty much the same starting lineup that they carried over from last season. Uh, they've added Benedict Matherin. They have some solid role players off the bench. O'Shea Brissett, who I really like. Um, Terry Taylor, who I like. Isaiah Jackson, who we know was originally the Wizards pick before they traded back for Isaiah Todd. And they also acquired Aaron Holiday in that deal. So he's come along pretty decently for them. So uh, also they have uh, TJ McConnell off the bench. So, I mean, they don't have the most depth in the world, but... Uh, also, they still have Coach Rick Carlisle, who, of course, is one of the top coaches in the game. You mix that in with some exciting young players, um, Tyrese Halliburton and Ben Matherin. I mean, I, I think eventually if they stay healthy, there's no egos involved eventually that they could end up being one of the top backcourts in the NBA. But wh- what are you thinking about this Pacers team to open up the season? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, they have – one of the best young point guards in the league in Halliburton. Um, you know, he can get you 20, 20 and 10. He can shoot it from range. He got a great floater, floater game. He just plays unselfish basketball. Um, you know, Ben Matherin has looked like one of the, the better rookies this uh, summer league preseason. Um, and then Chris Dorte, a guy who I like coming out the draft, he's just a solid pro, man. He can do a little bit of everything. Um, they still have, you know, Buddy Hill, an elite shooter. You got Miles Turner, an elite rim protector. So they're not just going, you know, lay down. Like they got some, they got some players over there. Um, and and if the Wizards come out, you know, half-assing it, man, they could definitely lose. Yeah, the, the big move that they made in the off season was trading Malcolm Brogdon, and then the in return they got um, some some scrap players. Daniel Tice and Aaron E. Smith are the only two players I think that are. Left over from that trade, they're both on the team, uh, but clearly just a, a salary dump type situation. And I believe that they got a, a pick in that deal, the Pacers, right? Uh, in the Brogdon trade, yeah. I don't remember. I feel like they did. I feel like it's a protected pick. I don't know why I feel like that. I feel like they got a pick. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't see why you. The Celtics aren't going to pick high, so, you know. Yeah. It's the 20th-something pick for Malcolm Brogdon, who's, you know, a starter-level player. Because the other players in the deal were, like, Jawan Morgan, um, who else was in that deal. Was Nick Stauskas in that deal? I can't remember. Um, yeah, it was a bunch yeah. of, like, 10th, 10th 11th men in that. And then I think, they, yeah, they got the first-round pick, which is what I know they – the Pacers really wanted it. Wanted. Yeah, but either way, I, I think that they're going to be a, a really solid team this year. The Pacers, you know, that they may not win the 37-38 plus games. Those that are rooting for the Wizards tank, you may be rooting for them to be a little bit better than anticipated. But I definitely think that they can be, again, with the solid coaching over there. If Matherin, you know, comes out the gate firing, you know, making a lot of plays for them. I mean, I, I could see the Pacers hanging around that 37-38 win mark. Um, you know, it's just going to depend on their depth, too. Can they stay healthy? Who knows what happens with Miles um, Turner and um, Buddy Heald. You know, do they end up doing the the trade with the Lakers to get Westbrook and some picks back in return? I mean, I, I definitely would do that. I think it would be – um, short-sighted to to not do that trade if you're the Pacers. So if the Lakers come calling, you you do the trade if you're Indiana. Um, ten times out of ten, especially if you're going to get uh, the the two picks in return, which has been the proposed deal. If the Lakers do that, by the way, that just like that screams desperate. And I also don't think that that trade puts them in title conversation. So um, to each their own. I don't, I don't you know. see them doing it. I don't see the Pacers from the Pacers end of. I don't see them doing that deal until they kind of see what they have. Like. You know, if they're winning games, they're not going to trade for Russell Westbrook. Like, they're going to ride their guys and, and continue to try to compete. But I think if the season gets away from them early, then they'll just kind of pivot and say, okay, well, let's go get these picks. You know, let's fleece the Lakers. And then, uh, you know, we're trying to get Victor. I mean, I just don't see, like, the 
the downside of doing the deal. It was like, okay, you trade Buddy Heald and you trade Miles Turner. I mean, yeah, Miles Turner is good. Buddy Heald is, of course, one of the best shooters in the game. But you just slide Duarte down to the three. You put Matherin in at the two. Really, the only thing that you're missing is a player at the five. And I don't think that, like, Daniel Tice is awful, especially if you have guards that can score the ball and all that. I know that Miles Turner is worlds better than Daniel Tice. But if your backcourt and your wings are playing well, you don't necessarily need this starish player at five. Yeah. Go 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 yeah. I mean, he hasn't really gotten the opportunity with them having Sabonis and Miles there, so maybe he gets to play too, but... Him yeah, and, uh, I, I think Porzingis for the one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, I still think that they'll end up being uh, a decent team. At, at minimum, that they'll be a competitive team where at the end of the season, like, if standings are tight, it could be a trap game for a lot of teams, so... Um, the Pacers are definitely going to be a team to watch, though. But uh, do I give the Wizards the win for their opening game? Um, I will. I'll give the Wizards the the win in Indiana for their first game of the season. What do you got? Do you think they're going to win or do you think they're going to fold? I'm going to go ahead and give them the win. Okay. Start off on the right foot. The home opener on Friday night, I may or may not go. Are you going to go to that game or Uh, That one I won't be able to make because I'm got be running around trying to get stuff ready to go for my, my son's birthday coming up. But um, okay. I'll definitely be at a few of these this year. Yeah, I mean, I've, I haven't been to a game in a long time. Even, like, D.C. in general, I haven't – well – I was at a Nationals game earlier this summer, but I haven't been to Cap 1 in, I think, a couple or a few years now, so I definitely need to go back, so maybe I'll go Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, but going into the Bulls now, so this is a team that I thought, I mean, at one point they were, like, the top team in the NBA, uh, for sure the top team in the Eastern Conference, and Lonzo Ball got injured, and um, things just kind of went downhill for them but you had Levine and DeRozan who were both playing like MVP candidates at one point uh but but then for some reason this year what does Vegas have them at this year but I I know that a lot of people are down on the Bulls this year and I know that you've said yourself that the DeRozan year was probably more so like fluky than anything and we all know he's a really talented player but for him to be an MVP conversation I feel like was Pretty rare. So. 32. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, um, but what are you thinking about this Bulls offseason, man? You know, I, let me pull up their roster here and see what they did. I know that they got Andre Drummond, um, Goran Dragic off the top of my head. Um, let me see who else they got. Who did they draft? Dalen Terry, that's what I was thinking. They didn't end up drafting yeah. Dalen Terry. Yeah, right. um, yeah. Patrick Williams, Io Desunmu, um, they still have Vucevic. Their projected starting five for now is probably going to be what? Caruso, um, Levine, DeRozan, um, Javante Green, well, and Vucevic. Well, I know they've already announced that Ayo is their starting point guard with Lonzo being Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm thinking they're probably going to go Ayo, Levine, DeRozan, Pat Will, Steele, and then Vucevic. Um, oh, were they were they starting Pat Will over Green when he came back? Uh, I don't remember. I know, I know that's – I mean, the plan has always been for Pat Will to kind of take that next step and be their starting power forward, but he yeah. – yeah. I, I still don't know what he actually does well, um, but uh, but yeah, I I know Ao is starting, and obviously DeRozan, Levine, and Vucevic are starting. That four spot is probably up in the air. Who knows? Yeah, they'll probably go Pat Williams. I mean, you drafted him fourth overall. You have to play the guy, <laughs> yeah. and it's not like there's some some guy at the four that you have that's like a, a star level player. Like it's Javante Green, who's like six six. So, I mean, <laughs> you know, yeah. you, you got to play Pat Will. And if he's bad, then you make an easy switch, send him to the bench, whatever. Um, but for now, I think you, you probably have to do the organizationally smart thing and uh, 
start Patrick Williams. But what are you thinking about the Bulls this year in general, man? Do you think that uh, people are right to be down on them? Do you think that they're going to be one of the top teams in the East this year? What's kind of your your feel out for them? I think they're going to be one of those teams where I feel like you can book them for forty plus wins. Like I feel like it. This 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 conference it's just going to have a lot of teams that are just solid and i think the bulls are one of those teams like obviously i don't see them having you know the best duo in the nba again um because that's what lamar demar and and the uh demar and levine were last year and they were just super clutch and clutchness is just not something that carries over year to year it's kind of random um so you know I, shoot even a game against us like the, the shot DeRozan hit like you can't you can't bank on that carrying over year to year. So um, I think they're going to be solid. I mean, I've seen people put them at like the tenth, eleventh seed. Like that's kind of crazy to me. Um, I just think they're too talented to be that low. I think they're going to be in that top seven with a bunch of teams floating around forty plus wins and competing every night. So what are you going to do for this Friday night home opener? I'm going to give the Wizards the loss here. I, I almost picked a win, but I think that between Vucevic, um, Io, and DeRozan and Levine are always a big headache to us, and I'm not sure that we have the defensive stoppers yet. We don't know. Is Denny going to be ready for Wednesday? From everything I've heard, he should be playing, yeah. For, for, okay. For the home I home. mean – um, Even if, though, we still don't know. I, I'm going to give the, the Bulls the win here. Yeah, I got this one as an L2, mainly because of the rebounding. Like, I think them getting uh, Drummond is a sneaky pickup. Like, the same stuff we saw Mitchell Robinson do to us, it, Drummond can do those same things. Just kill you on the glass, you know, give you second and third shot opportunities, and that just, you know, that kind of just kills you. Uh, moving on to the final team that will – preview and cover is Sunday we play the Cavaliers so we'll get an early look at Darius Garland Donovan Mitchell who uh, we all know most Wizards fans kind of wanted really bad um, but when you look at the trade package I mean we just didn't have enough to to match that I mean they got three picks and how many swaps did they get two or three picks three picks two swaps and then basically what three role players because you got yeah. Ochai draft pick and then Lori market in and then Colin Sexton which Colin Sexton I actually think is going to be a really good pickup for them and a piece that they actually can build with long term I'm a big Colin Sexton fan we'll see how he plays this year coming off the injury I think it was kind of premature for them to give him the the money that they did but if he's going to be anything like he was before the injury being the main ball handler in Utah I mean I could definitely like I, I understand the thought process and it's not like they have anyone else to spend the money on right now anyway that they're going through the rebuild. They got rid of uh, Rudy Gobert. Now they've gotten rid of Donovan Mitchell. And we all know after that there really wasn't much money going on anyway. I mean, Mike Conley's making a, a fair amount of change, but he's expiring um, after this year, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Bogdanovich got traded. Where did Boyan Bogdanovich go again? Pistons. Pistons, that's right. That's a really weird trade for them, by the way. He's probably going to start at the four for them because, you know, Bagley is hurt again. So, Oh, is he hurt again? Mm-hmm. Damn, he just got paid, too. Damn. Yeah, he just can't catch a break, man, the injuries. Uh, anyway, this Cleveland team, obviously we just went over the, the biggest splash for them with um, getting Donovan Mitchell, but they still maintain the rest of their starting five. Um, yeah. You're going to have Garland, Mitchell. I reckon they're going to go with Okoro. And then um, Mobley and Jared Allen. So, I mean, that's as good a starting five in the league as you're going to find at this point. Obviously, there there's some concerns there with their size in the backcourt. But when you have a solid perimeter defender like Okoro, um, it's about 6'6", 6'7"-ish. And then you have the, the Twin Towers down low and Evan Mobley, um, who honestly I think has a chance to, to be a 20-10 and 10 player this year. And um, Jared Allen as well, who I, you guys know how I feel about Jared Allen. He's one of my favorite centers in the NBA. A little overpaid, sure, um, especially for his skill set. 
but I definitely think he's still one of the the most productive centers in the NBA. And whenever we have to go against Jared Allen, I'm like, ah, shit. Like, I feel like the our center is going to have a bad night. And our guards, too, because you got to go down there and get your shit spotted yeah, by him or at minimum contested at a decent clip. So uh, what sure. do you think about the, the Cavs offseason and where you kind of see them hanging around in the East this year? Yeah, I love their team, man. Um, I think I think people have been a little low on them too, because I've seen people put them as a six, seven seed. Like, I easily could see them being top four. Uh, I mean, they really don't. They to me, they don't have a weakness. Uh, you could maybe say they they maybe don't have enough knockdown shooters, but like, Garland can shoot it. Spider can shoot it. Um, I think Mobley's going to be able to shoot it. Uh, so I, I I love their team. I tell you, I, I I play a lot of 2K and I do the my GM, and every time I play it, they have the Cavs turn into like a dynasty, like by <laughs> by year by like year two year three, like their whole starting lineup is like Garland ninety overall, Spider ninety overall, Mobley ninety overall. So it's like you know they're winning multiple championships, you know, with that core, and I think. Them holding on to Kevin Love as a bench piece, and then you got Karis LeVert moving to that bench spot. Like, who's going to stop them off the bench? Like, for some people, that's a, those are starters. Um, and they got them coming off the bench. So, yeah, man, I, I like the Cavs, man. I think they're going to be a top-four seed in the East this year. Yeah, I mean, I could definitely see it playing out that way. And even 2K there, I mean, I could see that playing out very similarly with uh, – them having like guys that are all like 90 over and it makes sense too right like maybe not jared allen um but evan mobley um or not okoro um mitchell and garland for sure i mean i can all see being in that like 90 plus overall rating area so um cavalier is definitely one of the sleepers in the east this year hopefully their youth doesn't negatively impact them and they'll come along just nicely and i have faith in jamie bickerstaff to to get those guys to play really well. I mean, they played really well this past year, um, even with the youth they had, and that was without a guy like Donovan Mitchell. Um, and then uh, another offseason to improve with Mobley, um, Garland, and some of the other young guys that they have on their roster. I am going to give the Wizards a loss here, and um, they're going to start off one and two. Yeah, that's where I have them too. And what did you say the the Wizards win total or the over under was on Vegas this year? I believe it's thirty five and a half. Let me just double check. Iron Sharp. Uh, they got them at 35 and a half. Yeah. Okay. So behind the Knicks and ahead of the Kings. Um, that makes sense. Um, five win or five window um, win projection for them. I'm going to give them, I think last year, and I'm going to say the same thing, but I'm going to go, well, no, last year I said 35 to 39 and this year, I'm going to say 36 to 40. I think that there's a chance they could be up in the closer to the higher thirties this year, but that's kind of where I'm sitting at. I don't know what, what you think they'll get to. I mean, ideally they'd be able to, to win around 40, maybe even above 40 games, but with the injury concerns that we have, um, I still have concerns about some of the youth on our team. I'm just not all the way sold that they're going to be able to accomplish that. So I'll go up. I'll move the win window up one from last year. So instead of 35 to 39, I'll go 36 to 40. And that's kind of how I feel at this point. So I got their window 38 to 43 wins. Okay. Uh, game window. That's that's about where I have them. Um, what makes just, you like more like I guess enthusiastic about the Wizards? I guess. Uh, I wouldn't even call it enthusiastic. I just you know because I mean if they won forty three games, that's not like some world beater. But um, I'm 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 banking on KP playing sixty at least sixty games. Oof. Him and him and Beal. 
Um, and I just think KP is just so good, man. Like I, I, I can't remember the last time we've acquired a player that I was just that impressed with, like from a talent perspective. Uh, he's really, really good, man. He's just when he's on it, man, he's unstoppable. Like he, he's a top ten big to me if he's healthy. Like not even it's not even up for debate if he's healthy. He's one of the best bigs in the league. So, uh, and I just think he's a guy that makes it easier for everybody else because he just has so much gravity. Like he, you know, offensively, what weakness does he have? Like you, you know, he's seven three. You got to double him in the post. He shoots right over you. He can shoot it with range. He can pass out of the double team. Like you got a guy like that on the floor. You got to really keep eyes on him, and then that'll allow Beal and Kuzma and everybody else to kind of feed off of that so it's it's really on him like I, I i really think if he plays 60 plus games the wizards are gonna win they're gonna get over that 40 40 win mark i was having uh this conversation i'm in a, a group chat with uh some guys and very uh they're they're a weird group of kids but i love them but anyway we were having this conversation this morning um about centers and like the where kp would rank just in terms of skill among centers uh where would you kind of put them my argument was he was behind Embiid and Jokic, but just raw skill wise i I had him in the same conversation with carl anthony towns and i don't know how you feel about that um but where would you kind of just just skill wise where where would you put kp among centers right now I'm a slight tick behind Cat, but yeah, in that same range. Um, yeah, like because I think Cat is just just a more natural shooter, slightly better touch. Uh, but yeah, like he's like right there to me. Um, as far as we just talking skill, not health, not right. you know, <laughs> none of that. Just just straight up skill on the basketball court. Yeah, he's he's right there. Um, like top five skill big in the NBA. Um, and he was putting up like in the 17 games for us last year. He was putting up like all NBA type numbers for us, especially if you look at the the per 36. Now, Porzingis is not going to play 36 minutes a night for us, but worth no. noting that if he did, um, Bradley Beal hangs around 36. I think LeBron James hangs around like 36, 37. So, um, uh, if he if he has the the production like that and the whatever minutes he's allocated, I mean, I feel like we're going to be just fine. I'd rather play him less minutes if it meant he was going to last longer throughout the season. Um, I, I think his career average is 31 minutes a game, 30, 31, something like that. So if we could get that and get 60-plus games out of him, or I, I would say 65-plus, I would call that a success. Um, and, and the trade would obviously be a steal. But if he's injured and misses half the season or more, isn't that productive uh, – you know, I could see it going that way too, unfortunately. But for now, I'm gonna, I'm going to be positive. Um, I, I'm really hoping that KP does have a good year. Um, so your win window was a little bit higher than mine, which I think was actually the same thing last year too. I think mine was a little lower. And how many games did we end up winning last year? It was what? It was 35. Oh, so I hit it right on the <laughs> left side there. So barely got it. Yeah. All right. Um, MVP predictions. Who is your MVP for this year going to be? Lucas, just because he's going to get all the usage. Luca, um, you said. Yeah, Luca. Okay. Um, this is tough. Um. Man, that's a really good one. That's going to be a hard one to beat. Could go Jokic. I don't trust Embiid's health. Could go Giannis. I feel like those are givenies. Uh, I'm trying to think if I can just make like a bold prediction. Eh, I can't. I'm I'm going to go with um, – I, mean, I guess Kevin Durant could do it. I'm going to go Giannis. Um, Giannis, uh, Rookie of the year. Woo, man, I've been going back and forth on this one, man. Hey, this, um, this one is actually hard. Yeah, this one's tough, man, because, see, I don't know how they're going to 
what criteria they're going to use this year. Are you going to pick the most, I guess, uh, efficient rookie on a on a team that's winning, or are you going to pick the rookie that just has the best numbers? Because um, usually the rookie that has the best numbers, their team is probably bad. So, uh, man, I, I'm going between. I'll Paolo's. tell you right now. Yeah. Okay. So you go ahead because that was one of mine. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I think his he's probably going to have the best raw numbers, but the Magic probably aren't going to be that good, right? But then on the other side of it, I I could see a scenario where, say, the Pacers. That was going to be my second. <laughs> ben Matherin, like, I yeah. think the Pacers could be, like, 35-plus wins. Like, it wouldn't shock me, like, if they were floating trying to fight for a play-in and Ben Matherin is, like, second or third on the team in scoring – and maybe his raw numbers are not as good as Paolo, but his team is better. So, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm going between them two. I even had Keegan Murray. I was like Keegan Murray, but the the West is man. It's going to be an uphill climb for the Kings. Um, and he's definitely probably third in the pecking order there. Whereas I could see Ben Matherin being second in the team, second on the team in scoring. So. Yeah. I'm going to go Paolo just because he was the number one pick. A lot of this stuff be narrative storylines. He was the number one pick. If he has the best numbers, they're probably going to give it to him because he's the number one pick. Yeah, I'm going to pick Paolo too. Um, but the, like I was saying, I mean, that was also my second was Mather, and those were the two that I was thinking about before I made my selection. Um, Coach of the year. Coach of the year. Uh, I'm gonna just to I'm gonna go Bickerstaff. Okay, that that makes a lot of sense. Um, and this one again is tough because it's like, okay, what's the narrative? Are they gonna go just the best, the team that had the best record, or are they gonna go with the the coach that did the most with the least? Um. Uh, I'm going to go, <laughs> I'm going to go, <laughs> I'm going to go wild card, man. Steve Nash wins coach of the oh year, man. My. Oh, my. <laughs> That's a bold one right there, folks. Steve Nash wins coach of the year, man. Wow. Even I though like we really though. know he ain't coaching, it's just vibes. But Katie yeah. and Kyrie are going to be so good that he, he might get it by default. Um, Eastern Conference Finals. Who's going this year? Uh, Nets, Bucks. The Nets, really? Yeah. Yeah, talent is talent, man. But you think they're going to be healthy talent. enough to, to get there? You know what I mean? Yes. I mean, I, yeah. I, I try not to... Bank on people getting hurt. Uh, obviously, you know, Kyrie going to miss his usual 20 games. KD probably going to miss 15-22. But Ben Simmons, I think, is in an ideal situation as far as his skill set. He gets to really be that Draymond Green plus. Um, you don't have to really worry about him shooting because he don't need to shoot on that team. He's got five of the best shooters in the league on, on the roster. So, uh yeah, I got the Nets. Nets, Bucks, man. Okay, uh, I'm going to go Bucks, Heat. And I say this every year, like, and I said this, I think, on our Heat preview. Like, I always count them out for some reason, and then they always end up being one of the most competitive teams in the conference. This year is going to be no exception for me. I am going to put the Heat back in the Eastern Conference Finals um, along with, uh, with the Bucks. Hopefully with Middleton back this year, they'll have uh, – a nice and healthy season from here on out. Um, again, I have Giannis winning um, MVP as well. So looking at a bounce back year from the, the Bucks for sure. Who do you have in the Western Conference Finals? In the West, I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with Clippers Nuggets. 
I want to see my man Wall get there, man. I just want I want to see him on that stage, man. Um, so yeah, I'm going I'm going Clippers, you know, and then and then Nuggets, man. I, I really love that Nuggets roster. You're gonna leave the Warriors out of it again, are you? Yeah, I, I think the Draymond stuff is gonna affect them, and then I could see a scenario where he's moved. All right. I'm going to go um, repeat of this past season. I'm going to go Warriors-Mavericks. I, I, again, I still think Luka, regardless, even if he doesn't win, MVP is still going to have a really solid season. Um, Dorian Finney-Smith, uh, Reggie Bullock, they have some other nice pieces that they end up just winning somehow. I'm still not really quite sure how they got there last year, but I think that they have um, a solid foundation. Dinwiddie has surprisingly been decent there. Um uh, I thought about the Nuggets or the Clippers or even the Grizzlies. Um, I think the Timberwolves are going to take a little bit of a step back this year in terms of, like, expectations. Like, I think that they'll finish higher in the regular season than they did last year in the standings. But I definitely think that they can be a team that, like, gets eliminated in the first round this year. Um, but I, I thought about them as well. But I'll go with the Mavericks. Um, you got the, the Mavericks. You got the Mavericks getting to the back to the Western Conference Finals, man. Yeah. Man, I, I just don't think they have enough talent outside of Luka, man. Like I, I just think, you know, like man, because if he gets hurt, uh, you can go ahead and cancel this season. Um, yeah, but, yeah, it's, it's going to be hard because they don't have Brunson. Yeah, they just don't have that that second guy. I think that really, you know. Can consistently step up for them, but you know, Luca yeah. is that good, though. He is that good. Yeah. Um. So NBA Finals, then who's your winner, or who's going at least anyway? Man, uh, man. I honestly, I hadn't even got that far. Uh. <laughs> So I'm gonna just say I'm a. Who you think, who you think wins it, man? You you gonna go with the uh, with the MVP, or are you gonna go with the John Wall homerism? I'm gonna go. My head says Nuggets, man. I, I really think it's the Nuggets year, man. I'm gonna go Nuggets. I'm gonna go Nuggets. And then the Bucks and the Nets. Oh man, oh man. I feel like I'm gonna regret this pick, but I'm gonna say the goddamn Nets and get to the finals, oh, man. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I feel like I will regret this. This is gonna look so bad, like six months from now, when they get eliminated in round one. <laughs> All right, so we're here, man. Um, and of course, I have I have the Bucks and the Warriors, which was my prediction last year. Uh, for for the record, I'm gonna say that the Bucks would have went if they were healthy. Um, yeah. Nuggets and in the again, by the way. Yeah, I know. But at least it's at the beginning of the season, and then hopefully they relatively can stay healthy from there on out. I'd rather have it earlier than later. Um, <laughs> Nuggets and Nets, man. Who you got winning the finals this year? Are you going to say the Nets? Go Nuggets, you, man. I, I, I really Nuggets. believe in the Nuggets this year, man. I, I really believe in them. I, I feel like this is the year they finally get – they got all their parts, man. They got they got their you know they got their point guard back. They got a wing defender in KCP. Michael Porter Jr. is gonna take another step and stay healthy, um, you know. And they're obviously, Jokic being Jokic, like I, I just I really believe in that roster and that team there. Um, and I'm sure you can take a guess at who I'm picking to win the finals. You got the Warriors again, of course. I, I do have the Warriors. You're, you're basically a Warriors fan. I know. They're, they're my, they're, I don't believe in second teams, but if I, but if I had one. Um, yeah. Speaking of, really quick, well, we got to talk about that Jordan Poole and Andrew Wiggins stuff. Uh, the Andrew Wiggins one, I get. The Jordan Poole contract, I mean, that's – like you're basically saying that Jordan Poole is one of the top players in the league. No, 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 no. We gotta look at it now. Million, man. That's we got, we got. But we, look, this not, this not the cap from five years ago. Now we talking about a hundred and thirty-four million dollar projected cap, right? That's still so, insane. 
So now, so now your number one options are getting 50 plus million, right? Your number two options are getting 40 plus million. And then your third options are getting 30 plus million. And you got now you got solid starters who, who may not even be that getting 20 plus million like you just saw with DeAndre Hunter. So that's that's where the that's where the numbers are now. Um, so I think Jordan Poole getting 35 million a year. That's about right for him because he was that for them. He was their second leading scorer last year. He was their second best scorer in the playoffs last year. So I, I don't see why they paid him more money than they paid Andrew Wiggins because Andrew Wiggins like should have been Finals MVP essentially. Well, uh, they're both needed. You need both of them. You need it. You needed Wiggins. Perimeter defense, ability to kind of get his own shot here and there, make catch and shoot threes. But you also needed Jordan Poole range threes. Like when Steph is not in the game, you still got to guard Jordan Poole almost like he's Steph. Um, and yeah, you know he he has some moments sometimes where he a little you know he could be a little J.R. Smith like sometimes. But I, that dude can shoot it, man. I think he was what so, fifty. He was almost fifty forty ninety last year. So are we giving Jordan Poole a pass for what he did in the finals then? He's young, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's a, he was in year three. So? He's still a baby. He's still a baby, man. He's still a baby. Uh, he's a baby. Man, I don't know. I, I could deal with him, like, not playing up to his standard. But, I mean, it was legit, like, it was terrible to watch at times. I mean, I feel it. It's not the type of player I personally. He also had. I mean, he, he also had Marcus Smart. Yeah. He also had Marcus Smart guarding him. Like, I mean, it's not like he was going up against you know the Orlando Magic in the in the finals. Like, you're going up against the best of the best. Like, the efficiency is going to drop. And he again, he's a baby. That was his first time there. Yeah. And now, since he's going to be that much better this year, that is why, ladies and gentlemen, the Golden State Warriors are going to be champions once again. Um, really quick, since we're – well, no. We'll do one more little basketball topic. What did you make of the Wizards not extending Rui? I don't like it. And, and not because I don't – not because I, I think Rui is worth some max contract and, you know, you need to – pay him any give him a blank check but i just feel like if you feel like he's not worth extending after three years of watching him every day seeing him in practice training camps uh you know international play uh real live games playoff series now if you didn't feel like you've seen enough to extend him now then i think you already have kind of made your decision so my thing is rip the band-aid off and 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 make the move like trade him and reset the deck or try to uh, 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 go ahead and lock Kuzma up. Like, I just feel like now they've put themselves in a corner where they're going to have to choose between Kuzma and Rui and they might end up pricing themselves out of both. (laughs) Because it's going to be some teams you got to put a cap going up again and it's going to be some teams that need power forward help that need wing help and yeah. you're looking Mighty at a situation yeah like it, it really and i said this on my twitter like i feel like this could be 2017 all over again you put yourself in a bind where i agree kuzma is kuzma is kind of bojan yeah. Rui is auto and then denny is 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 uh Oubre. And you end up having to overpay because you're in a you're in a point of desperation now when you could have been proactive and made the decision, make the tough decision early instead of having to make the desperate decision late. Yeah. I agree. Um, I, I think it's going to be one of those things where if, if so wizard history plays a factor. Um, they'll both have great years. Uh, Kuzma will want to go somewhere else to play on a bigger stage. And um, the, the Wizards are pretty much going to be forced into like an auto porter situation with Rui. So I, I definitely could see it playing out that way. And but and this is nothing new. Like, again, we've been saying for a while that they were probably going to have to pick between the two. So, again, it's like another one of those things where I think the, the fan base has been a little bit smarter than the front office, you know. 
in terms of being proactive and not just waiting and say, well, we're just going to let them things work itself out. Because I feel like that's kind of the mentality that Tommy Shepard has. Is he's just like, well, we're just going to let things work themselves out. And um, when players are in their money, then we'll give it to them. And it's it's just, it's not as, it's not as simple as that. Because um, there's only so much money you can throw around, of course. And then even right. if you have the money to throw around, you got to be careful with who you allocate that money to based on uh, position and play style. Because you don't want to pay too many players at the same position or that kind of will have similar roles. Right. I mean, you already know you're paying Beal on a Supermax. You, I know you want to play to keep KP because you view him as a core piece. So it's just no way in your head you're thinking you can keep Kuzma and Rui if they both they're both fours. They play the same position. They, they like, and they're both in contract years. Like, it seems like they know they want to kind of. It looks like it's Kuzma, but they don't have the balls to just go and 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 say that and 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 kind of just give Kuzma his money now, and and you know make the move accordingly with Rui. Like they're they're just putting themselves in a position they don't necessarily have to put themselves in, and I just hate it. I'm hoping that Rui has a really good year. Um, I'm also hoping that Kuzma has a really good year. But at minimum, I'm hoping that they'll both have some trade value at the deadline until maybe they're able to get a a first for one of them. I don't think you'll get two because they're expiring. But I do think that you'll be able to get one and maybe like another decent young player to to maybe sort of kind of work with. So that's kind of what I'm hoping the package is at this point. And that's kind of all you can hope for. Uh, really quick, man. We talked about it a little bit on the timeline. We got to go over this Giants Ravens game, man. We have to. So oh, look, 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 look. <laughs> this, this Lord, is how I'm start off. It. This is how I'm going to start <laughs> off the conversation. But I, I saw a tweet the other day, and it no, and you actually quoted it, and it was from the the list of wide receivers that Lamar Jackson has had. Would you like to hear a sadder story real quick? Let, let's go through all the wide receivers that Daniel Jones has had throughout his entire career. His <laughs> number one receiver his first year was Darius Slayton, who was a fifth-round rookie. That was his wide receiver one. Going into year two, guess who his number one wide receiver was? Well, it was supposed to be Darius Slayton, but since he got hurt, it ended up being a washed golden tape. Let's go to year three. And ended up being Kenny Galladay, who basically can't even get in the game to get cardio at this point. And so now his wide receivers are Marcus Johnson, I think is his name, David Sills. Have you ever heard of them before? No. No, you haven't. And then if we want to go to tight end targets the years before, you guys have been blessed with Mark Andrews. We have had Evan Ingram, who couldn't catch a cold, and now we have a rookie, Daniel Bellinger, who's actually good. And I like Bellinger. I think he's going to be around for a long time if he stays healthy. And I don't want to hear about the offensive line either because we've had the worst offensive line in football for the last three or four seasons now. So when I say that the Lamar Jackson throw at the end of the game was unacceptable, the standard needs to be kept the same when it's Daniel Jones that does it, when it's Carson Wentz that does it. I, I don't. I, I saw some people. I'm not saying you are, but I saw some people trying to give Lamar Jackson a pass. But I just know that if Daniel Jones had been the one to throw that ball, we would have never heard the end of it. And that's oh, yeah, all I'm gonna sure. say. For sure. Oh, and and I and I and I gave Lamar his due on on that on that pass in real time watching the game, the pass and the fumble right after it, and then some throws that he was missing. Um. But, yeah, it was unacceptable, and I hold Lamar to a higher standard than I ever will Daniel Jones. So, yeah, Lamar was supposed to win that game. That was He, he had that in the bag. That loss falls squarely on him. However, the Ravens have a bottom five receiving core. Too many times Welcome I saw to drops. Party, too many times I saw drops. Like, like Bunny. I mean, shoot, Andrews dropped the touchdown in the end zone. Did you um, did you watch our Monday night game against Dallas? That's why we lost. We should be six and zero right now, but we're five and one because our receivers couldn't catch a damn ball. Daniel Jones's ball placement has been perfect this year, and guys just aren't catching the damn ball. 
and, and he has been better from what I saw in the game, right? But Daniel Jones is not going to get the benefit of the doubt because he's never played at an above average level. So when, when things go bad for them, people are going to resort to what Daniel Jones has always been. And he's not going to get the benefit of the doubt that a former MVP would get. So you got to kind of expect that, right? Because there's a reason the Giants didn't pick up his option, right? Well, you couldn't. Like, you know that. It's a new regime. You couldn't. I mean, but, okay, if, okay, there's a reason he didn't get <laughs> an, an extension. Like, no, no, you I have, agree. That's what I'm saying. But I promise you that if Dave Gettleman was still the GM, they would have accepted his option. Would they? Would, would, would they have accepted it because he played well, or would they have accepted it because they don't want to admit that they might have picked a, a, a mediocre or bad player top yes. six in the draft? Yes. No, it's 100% the second one. And again, I'm, I'm not here to be the, the Daniel Jones truther. In the first two games of the season, even though we won both of them, Daniel Jones did not play good football. And he still had pretty decent stats in that game. But he has, so far in the NFL this year, he leads in game-winning drives. And his, what, what was I seeing earlier? It was something about his, well, I got to find this real quick. But there's always stats now I find about, that's getting tweeted out about Daniel Jones. It's like positively shows that he's been much better this year. Um, he has a lower interception attempt percentage than many notable quarterbacks this season. Um, Aaron Rodgers, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, and Joe Burrow. So um, he's not turning the ball over this year, which I, I feel like it's kind of been his thing is like, he turns the ball over left and right. But when you look at the numbers, his turnover percentage has improved every single year. Yeah, because he's throwing less. <laughs> it's like, like they realize, okay, yeah, he's not a 30, he's not a 35, 40 throws a game quarterback. He's just not that. We got to get this run game going, take the ball out of his hands. And then when he has to make a throw, okay, we dial up something for him. But he's not a guy that you you running you run a shotgun first, second, and third down with. Like he's just not that guy. I don't know, man. Because I feel like that's more of a credit to Saquon Barkley, though, and it should be more of a, it is. like it is. Joe Judge and Jason Garrett were coaching him the past two years. Of course, they're not going to pass the football. They wanted to have it like when we had Brandon Jacobs and run the ball every single play. Like that's what they wanted to do. <laughs> Thunder and lightning. I loved that. Was a good team. I like that team. But but. But yeah, I I feel you. But I just think, you know, Daniel Jones has been better, but we can't act like Giants fans were optimistic about his prospects coming into this year. Like, I don't remember a single Giants fan that was like, yeah, Daniel Jones is going to play at a Pro Bowl level this year, and it was stupid to not pick up his option, and he should have got signed to an extension. Nobody was saying that. No, uh, and the crazy thing is, I still think in hindsight, like most of the Giants fans, or most of the reasonable Giants fans, are still saying that it was smart not to pick up the option. Like, even if he does go on to have a, a Pro Bowl year or whatever, like at the time, it was just not smart to to pick it up. And so, I mean, if he wants to go out there and earn himself another one year prove it deal for like fifteen between fifteen and twenty mil, like I'm fine with that. And if they also want to draft someone, like. I'm cool with that, too. Again, I'm not here to be the Daniel Jones truther. It's like I'm allowed to bash my quarterback like because I, I watch the game. I watch every single snap that this guy takes. But when I see idiots on social media, like, criticize him whenever they see a highlight or something, and it's like you guys have never even watched a full game of this dude or, yeah. or like, understand, like, that our, we had the worst separation percentage with our receivers, I think it was, last year, and all these other numbers that play a factor because – it's not like everyone's open every play and the quarterback's just an idiot. Like, football's a team sport. Like, you have to have good complementary pieces for the most part in order for your quarterback to look good. And we just haven't had that. And I still don't even think we have that right now. Our roster is bunked. But the difference has been our coaching this year. Well, I, I remember the main thing, I mean, in watching Daniel, a lot of Daniel Jones, obviously watching the Redskins a lot. Like, I think – he what the issues with him was his fumbles, right? So when and he couldn't feel pressure, and then it was the ball was on the ground. It wasn't even so right. much his interception interceptions; it was the fumbles. So just fixing that alone, he's he's kind of graduated to, you know, a, a solid option. Like you know, yeah. whereas before it was just like, dude, you can't throw 
you know, an interception and then fumble twice. Like you just can't, you can't be a guy that averages right. two turnovers a game. It's just not, just not viable. Right. So he's got rid of the fumbling issue. Cause I think now he's just being decisive, but if it ain't there, I'm gone. I'm not going to sit and wait and wait, and wait. Like he's just going to take off and run, which is why you see his rushing numbers are up this year. Um, but he still isn't quite there to me as a passer yet consistently in spite of the weapons. I get the weapons aren't there, but I just feel like, and, and I've said this before, if you need everything to be perfect for you to be average, you're probably not that guy. Right. Right. I definitely agree. And, and that's why, again, like if they like Hendon Hooker this year or, or Will Levis or whoever they decide, Anthony Richardson, who I actually am not a big Anthony Richardson fan, but if the Giants were, if Joe Shane and Brian Dayball liked them, like I would trust them that they've done their due diligence on the guy and that they would – put in the best work possible in order to get that guy to, to be a star NFL quarterback. So again, I'm not here to be the, the Daniel Jones bandwagon starter or whatever. Like I, uh, if it were up to me right now, I think I would give him a one year prove it deal, but that doesn't mean that I wouldn't draft somebody just in case. Um, now yeah. that, that may not be with the first round pick, but in the second round where you may be able to come away with Anthony Richardson or Hendon Hooker, would I consider that? I, I, I would. So that's kind of my stance on it. But from your Ravens, man, at this point, like how do you just like feel about their entire season, their entire operation? Like what what are you looking for from the rest of this year? Because there were a lot of people that had them as their Super Bowl pick. And it's been really disappointing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because you felt like they were going to get all of their offensive weapons back. um, And you felt like the defense was going to take a, you know, take a step and, and be, what they've kind of been historically a, a top five unit, like, and it just it hasn't really happened. Like it just hasn't happened, man. Like I, I, I thought Cal Hamilton was going to be better than what he's been. Yeah. Um, back into the defense has just been ugh. like outside of Peters, man. It's been just uh, I don't know. And, and Peters, and Peters you know, up. and Peters, you know, he can get real touchy grabby. There's been a lot of uh, rough, uh, you know. Uh, uh, pass interference calls on him. Um, and then, yeah, I, I man. Say, the, real quick, that, that end of the game pass interference call with him and Darius Slayton was bullshit because Darius Slayton was holding him too. It was bullshit. It was. It was. I, I thought I, that was one of the ones where it's just for me, it's a no call because you just kind of let them, you know, yeah. they both grabbing at each other, holding each other. Just let it, just no call. Um, yeah. Or offsetting penalties, maybe. But, uh, but yeah, and then on the offensive end, it's kind of the same theme. Like, I feel like we get into, you know, the Florida game, Lamar starts out great. He's 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 making proper reads off the read option. He's finding run fits. He's he's getting it to, you know, Mark Andrews, right? But then it's like when adversity has hit, when you kind of need that 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 playmaker that you can just kind of give it to on a screen and they can just turn it into nothing, like like a AJ Brown, right? They don't have that element. It's Lamar bust. It's Mark Andrews or bust. And I just think that it, it's becoming, uh, it's becoming a weakness for them because they don't have, they don't have a counter. They don't have a counter, man. When shit get a little tight, they just don't. What do you think they should do? I do. You think that they should make a a trade for a receiver? Do you think that they should like hold out hope that Odell will sign with them mid season? Like, where are you at with like? The roster, where would you improve it? it Would you trade for Roquan Smith? Like, where are you, like, what are you thinking? They have to get some receiver help in here, man. Like, I, again, and I know these defenses are just kind of just like, it's Mark Andrews or nothing with them. Like, they, they have to get at least one more weapon in here that can give them some, 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 some optionality with their, 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 their offense, man. Um, and then Lamar just needs to be better. Like it was even some read option uh, looks that he got wrong. Where if he had just, if he didn't keep the ball and he let Drake take it, it would have been a, a house call. Um, yeah. So, yeah, man. I, I just, I, I think DJ Moore is like, you yeah. know, Panthers obviously are are headed towards a rebuild. Get him a call, man. Do what you gotta do. Go get that boy in here because he's young, he's productive, and he can catch the damn ball. He would be. The, by far one of the best receiving weapons they've had in the last decade. <laughs> Would you um, entertain a McCaffrey trade or no? Hell no. No. 
Yeah, I would not. Yeah, hell no. The price, the price, the injury history. Hell no. Two first round. Okay, this is how I kind of feel though. Like, is it's like the same thing when NBA like trade reports come out. Like, well, we'll give him up, but we want this, this, and this. Like, okay, pal, you're not getting that. Um, but he could be on, could be on the team. Yeah, pretty much. But I mean, if I were them, like, if there was one team that was offering up, like a second-round pick and maybe, like, a fifth and a decent player or something, I, I would trade McCaffrey for that. Like, hell yeah, I would. So, yeah. I don't know. I, just, uh, I, anyway. I still wouldn't do it, honestly. I'm, I'm just like, running back is just such a replaceable position, especially now right. with, you know, these these athletic cornerbacks, quarterbacks running read option. It's just not It's just not that important of a position anymore. Oh. You can go get your running back in the third round, man. Fourth round. I meant I would do it from like the Panthers' point of view, not like the the Ravens or oh oh or, like, yeah 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 for guy. sure oh yeah if somebody give you a second take it yeah that's take what I mean yeah. exactly exactly like even for Saquon like Saquon's playing at an MVP level this year so I wouldn't trade him for a second but if there was a team that offered like a first and then like a a decent player would I take it I I still want to give it a little bit longer like the, the he has meant so much to this organization, and he's a stand-up guy. He's never a problem in the locker room. He's always been a leader. He's always been vocal. So, I mean, I don't know, man. It's tough. But at the end of the day, a first-round pick for running back is a first-round pick for running back, you know? So, I mean, I feel like I would take it maybe, but it truly depends. I, I got to give it a couple more weeks. It's different because Barkley is, like, way better than McCaffrey just raw skill-wise, so. I gotta wait and see on that, man. I just um, say with running backs, man. If it was me running the organization, I, you know, if I got an elite running back, I'm giving them four years, and on that fourth year, I'm drafting another one before I gotta yeah. pay him. Yeah, <laughs> it's just yeah. it'll be a revolving door, man. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a smart way to go about it. You know, assign a a veteran on a cheap one to two year deal every couple years or so. You know, draft one to have a, some young legs in there and. Keep it moving, man, especially if you have a good enough quarterback, right? Because ideally, if you have a good enough quarterback, you have, like, at least a decent tight end, a good wide receiver. Like, it, it should be able to to work itself out at the running back position. Um, I will say that if the Giants keep winning games, I think Odell Beckham is going to sign with us um, in November. Him and Saquon tweet each other all the time like they're in a high school relationship. Yeah, but it's like, okay, I mean, I guess he did win the Super Bowl last year, but it's like, I I would think he would want to go where, you know, it it's higher odds he's back. Think in, about in, it, though, man. Like, I, I was having this conversation with, like, um, a football chat I'm in. Like, what team in the NFC are you saying right now is, like, 100% better than the Giants? Like, okay, the Eagles, but then after that, literally, if you look at the conference, who else is 100% better than the Giants right now? I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to say. Like the Rams, maybe. But after that, it's like, there really is nothing. Like the Packers, well, we just beat them. The Bucks, eh, no, not really. Like there, there really isn't a lot of teams that are better than the Giants right now. Yeah, I, I, I guess. Yeah, I mean, from, from how the season has gone, like so far. but So far. I'm just thinking, I'm thinking from a, a, a a one-game single elimination playoff format, like what team would I trust? And it, and it kind of starts with the quarterback. Like, you think if you had to go down to Tampa in a playoff game versus Tom Brady, yes. Yes. you you picking the Giants? Right I, now, I you would. Even with their yes. yes. And see, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I just wouldn't do it. Like, I just wouldn't do it. Shoot, I wouldn't pick. I, <laughs> I think I might think pick. Think about them. it, dude. Look. What has always been – we've always crippled Tom Brady because of our defensive line. And look who we have now. We already had Leonard Williams and Dexter Lawrence, and that was before drafting Kayvon Thibodeau. And now we have Jihan Ward, who has been playing, like, at a damn near Pro Bowl level this year. And then Aziz Ojolari, who was our second-round pick from last year. So you mix all that in. Like, D-line real. Yeah, back to them straight-hand D-line days. Like, that D-line is real. I got to give you that. Um, We're getting there. A D line is definitely real, but yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Cause I, I the Bucks gonna get it together, and I'm never betting against Aaron Rodgers. So, uh, and I think the Vikings are pretty damn good too, man. The Vikings like, are like us. Like they weren't supposed to be good at all, and now they're like five and one too. So, yeah, yeah. 
But they've always had the weapons. It was just kind of like what Kirk Cousins was you going to get? Um, and then the defense. But, like, if their defense is adequate and you get a, a solid Kirk Cousins, they got the weapons, man. Well, their coaching changes help, too, with O'Connell now with the helm. Instead yes. of old-ass Mike Zimmer. So. Zimmer is just old, tired, and played, man. Um, well, that's going to do it all for us here today. So thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of the podcast. And uh, thanks for listening to the NFL talk there. Dan, you got to put it in there, man. I'm so excited about football season right now. Like the Giants are good. I don't know when this is ever going to happen again or if this is going to continue for the rest of the season or not. So I'm just excited. So I got to talk about it. And plus the whole like, the the Lamar Jackson discussion is like a really hot topic right now. So I wanted to touch on that as well, but um, we will be back next week to recap the first three games from the wizards. I I think hopefully we'll be able to record on Monday. We'll kind of see you guys usually know how we do it. Sometimes it's on Monday, sometimes it's on Tuesday, Wednesday, it just kind of depends. Maybe do you want to do a Twitter space tomorrow or no? Yeah, I'm down. Okay. So we'll do a post game. Twitter space tomorrow after Wiz Pacers, but if you guys already aren't subscribed, uh, make sure that you are. I don't know if I already said that or not. Leave us a review. Um, rate us five stars, but we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening.